Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Great to be with you again today. As you all know, on Mondays, we do a, uh, we re-air the sermon from Sunday. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I'm on the final letter in the book of Revelation, the final letter to the churches, seven churches of Asia, the church at Laodicea. And I finished the first half of that. I'll wrap that up on Sunday. Uh, But I I hope it is really illuminating for you that we are indeed in the last days. And these letters are speaking to the church today uh, in a way that no one could have imagined that 2,000 years ago, the things that we're reading that God has spoken to those churches are so relevant to us today. So I hope you check that out. I hope you had a wonderful weekend, by the way. Uh, I certainly did have... Um, a very productive weekend. As you all know, my weekends are, are filled. Um, I don't get to relax on weekends. I have work to do on weekends. I'm looking forward to a little vacation. I'll keep you posted when that time comes. Uh, I'll be off for a little bit, taking, taking it easy and, uh, and getting some refreshing, which I found to be very, very helpful. I think, I think it's contributed to my health and well-being um, at my age, to be as healthy and as active as I am, uh, in part because even though I don't live out the normal schedule that many people live, in other words, I work during the week and then I'm, I rest on the weekends, I don't do that. I basically work seven days a week, not quite the way it's supposed to be, but I snatch some rest here and there because I know it's important. And for those who say, well, you know, I think health-wise, you're supposed to get a day of rest. I think that's what God intended. But I don't think that's, that's legally or religiously required because now Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. <clears throat> he doesn't say come to the Sabbath. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I'm going to take some time this summer, uh, my wife and I, and get a little bit of rest from, uh, from the labor. Uh, but we love what we do. We love serving you, and uh, it's, it's a blessing to us. And if we didn't understand how important it is to get rest, we just keep doing it all the time <laughs> and probably wear ourselves out before the time. So... So we try to get some appropriate rest in. I hope that you're doing that as well. It's extremely important that you do so. Uh, I really believe that health is a matter of divine gift, that I believe there is a divine health that is available to us as Christians that most of us don't walk in because most of us have never been taught about it and we don't believe it. Not because we're in rebellion against God, but we just don't believe it because we haven't really been taught that we're supposed to believe it. Of course, we've been taught a lot about healing, uh, but there is more to our walk with God than getting healed from sickness. I really believe that there is a place of virtual immunity from sickness. Now, that doesn't mean it's not a threat. That doesn't mean it's not out there. That doesn't mean sickness can't come on you. But what it means is it can't lodge in you. It can't get its hooks in you because you've got the shield of faith up quenching those fiery darts of the wicked one. And I'm really working toward that right now, toward divine health. I mean, I believed in healing for, I mean, decades. Uh, you know, I, 
I think when I first became a Christian, I didn't know really anything about it. And as I learned, I realized God wants us healed and healing is indeed in the redemption package. We are redeemed from, saved from, from what? From everything that sin produces. And sin produces sickness and disease. And again, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio. You sin, therefore you are sick. No, sin in the cosmos produces sickness and disease because we live in a sin-sick world. We live in a sin-sick cosmos. And, and, and sickness and disease is simply in the world. And it will come upon anyone it can come upon. So we have to put up the shield of faith and claim our redemption from that. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Sickness is indeed a curse of the law because sickness is a result of sin. Um, and sin is a result of mankind's, of course, disobedience to God. I mean, that, that sin is mankind's disobedience to God, and it produces everything that's wrong. Everything. Everything that's wrong is produced by sin. I, you know, I wrote that in my book, and of course, the media just went crazy with it. And here again, because they're so ignorant of the Word of God and so ignorant of biblical principle and biblical worldview, they, they made it as if I was saying everything that's wrong is because you sin. And I use the example of, of uh, birth defects and major storms and cataclysms. I said are all produced by sin. Well, these ignoramuses, not knowing anything about the Bible, immediately went out and said that. I said, oh, Bishop Jackson said that if you, your child has birth defects, it's because you sin. Well, I mean, but what do you expect? They don't know any better. So you, you know, I trust better than that, but we live in a sinful world and, and all that is wrong in it has been produced by sin because God did not create the world to be a place of sickness and disease and death and horror and heartache and, and, uh, and, and, and wars and calamities. He did not produce the world for that, that those things were introduced by sin coming into the world. And sin is the major disruptor and the major perversion of everything that is corrupted, everything that is perverted. It is all linked back to and rooted in the sinfulness of our original parents, Adam and Eve. So didn't mean to get into all of that, but, but I, I, how did I start off on that? Basically what I'm saying is Jesus Christ is now the propitiation for our sin and Jesus Christ is our Sabbath and Jesus Christ is our rest and Jesus Christ is our deliverance from sickness and disease and Jesus Christ is our divine health. He is why we are healthy. Now, I want to encourage you. I didn't intend to get into this. I want to encourage you to begin to study those scriptures in Proverbs chapter three and four and, and, and study the life of Jesus Christ how he healed the sick. He laid his hands on lepers, never got touched. Why? He had flesh just like you and I have flesh. But he understood something that most Christians today don't understand, which is there is a place in God of protection from all of that when you are in right relationship with him. And the covenant of, that we have promises us that. Because he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace is upon him. Peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking was upon him. By his stripes, we 
are healed. Of what? Of everything. Of everything. Not just heal from going to hell. Heal from everything. Already, you're already healed. You are not the sick trying to get well. Oh my goodness, somebody listening to me right now needs to hear this. You are not the sick trying to get well. You are the healed, the whole, the healthy, and Satan is trying to get you to accept your sick condition. Accept it as your true reality. And it is up to you as a Christian to resist it. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee. It is up to you as a Christian to claim your right as a child of God to be free of sickness and disease. It is up to you. I had somebody doing some work uh, in my house um, not too long ago. In the process of moving some things around in the garage, we discovered a black widow spider. Now, a black widow spider is a very, very poisonous spider. And it was a black widow spider. There's no question about it. In fact, I recognize it from pictures, but I've never seen one. They're big and they look dangerous because they're black. You know, with that, that really black, shiny look to them and those long uh, legs and claws that go out in the big bulbous body. Um, and I got the bug spray out, tried to spray the thing. Of course, it ran away. Uh, ultimately, crawled out and became vulnerable and got, got the boot. But you know, I thought about that because where that spider was lodged, I could have very easily at some point stuck my hand in there and been bitten. You know what I thought about? I thought about the scripture that says that you shall tread upon lions and scorpions, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. I thought about that scripture where Paul was bitten by a viper that jumped out of the fire and he shook the thing off and went on about his business. And they thought he's, got, he's going to drop dead any moment. He, he was never affected. And then they said, well, he must be a god. And you say, now, Bishop Jackson, that's going a little bit far. Now, look, I'm not going to stick my hand in a nest of black widow spiders, obviously. But I'm saying if I had been bitten, I would have immediately claimed the protection of almighty God from that thing. See, you may have never thought about that, but, but that's what that protection is for. Now, in those days, of course, people were traveling in very wild undeveloped country and there were all kinds of dangers and God was saying you are on a mission for me and I am going to protect you so you may drink something deadly it won't hurt you as far as I'm concerned that extends to eating something deadly it won't hurt you in other words you maybe you drink some some brackish water you maybe you you end up eating something that's that's bad for you that's spoiled it will not harm you. Why? Because you are under my protection. You are in covenant with me. You are immune from the things that will affect other people. Now, some of you may say, well, now, wait a minute. That, that's going a little bit too far. But you see, that's the problem. Christians balk at that. 
and so they never received the benefit of it. You know, you've, you've, got to, you've got to let your faith take you where God wants you to go, not stop at where you think logically you should not go. And here again, I'm not teaching go, I'm not teaching snake handling. I mean, that's idiotic. I'm talking about things that can happen in this sinful and sin sick world in the course of living our lives, doing nothing wrong, doing nothing to put ourselves in harm's way. Things happen. I'm saying God has given you protection against that which would otherwise destroy another human being. That's what I'm telling you. That's the covenant that you have with Almighty God. But now if you don't believe that, you can make yourself as vulnerable as anybody else. I believe that. I believe it. I believe that I, not me personally only, but I believe that we as Christians have a protection that the world doesn't know or understand and can't use. It's not available to them. Because it only comes through faith in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the only way you get it. So I didn't plan to go here, but, but obviously the Lord wanted somebody watching me today to hear this. Because maybe you're struggling with something, or maybe you have a Christian who's close to you who's struggling with something, an infirmity, an illness, and they don't realize the power that they have to overcome that the world does not have. You say, well, Bishop, I, I, I do believe that, but, but I've been sick, I've been, I've been firm, I've been, I, I've been infirm, I've been, I've been down. I, I, I don't understand what's going on. I would say this. I'll use this analogy that the Lord gave me, uh, I guess, a couple of years ago, but has never left me. It's a cowboy analogy. You know, I, and a cowboy preacher shared it with me that, and you rope, when they said, when you rope a steer and you get that rope around him, <clears throat> you got to jerk the slack out of that line and hold it tight. Because if you don't, A, when you go to rope him, he'll kick you, or B, he'll kick away and, and, and be off again. He'll get out of it. So you got to jerk the slack out of it and hold it tight. And use that as an analogy to faith. That once you put your faith on something, you got to jerk the slack out of that line and hold it tight. I don't care how much it kicks. I don't care how much it runs. I don't care how much it stops. I don't care how much it, it rises and wriggles and, 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 uh, and wiggles and, 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 and turns <laughs> and, and fights. You just jerk the slack out of that line and hold it and don't let it go. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm whole in the name of Jesus. I'm walking in divine health in the name of Jesus. And I'll accept nothing left because this let nothing less because this is what the covenant of God has given me and promised me. And the word says all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Now, let me just say to you, folks. Don't do this because, well, I heard Bishop Jackson say. You better get in the word and get it in your heart and confirm it, because if you don't the mess up here will get in the way of what's supposed to be in here. So you got, you've got to, 
to get that word deep in your heart so that the reality of what God has promised is more powerful than the reality of what you see around you. That's what it takes. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you're walking by sight, you are governed by everything you see. But if you're walking by faith, then you're governed by what God says, not by what you see or what you feel or what you touch or what you hear or what you taste. Your five physical senses are not governing your response to the life, to, to the challenges that you face in life. Your five physical senses are being harnessed and are being brought under subjection to your spiritual sense, which is your faith and what God has told you and what the word promises you. That's how you do it. And you don't let go. Hold it tight until that thing is completely wrapped up. Until you got that calf turned up and those legs roped and he's under your control. You hold that, you jerk the slack out of that line and you hold it tight until you got that thing wrapped up and completely under your control. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's COVID, symptoms of COVID, aftermath of COVID, long COVID, monkeypox, or anything else. In the name of Jesus, you claim your victory over it and you claim your immunity from it. You know, I, in fact, I'll tell you, I... The, the, the mainstream media jumped all over. I should say the leftist rags jumped all over me because when COVID came, I said, I don't have it. I'm not getting it. I'm not giving anybody in the name of Jesus. Well, I did catch it. You say, well, then you lied. No, because a faith statement is made to conceive, not to deceive. You get the distinction? A faith statement is made to conceive, not to deceive. I wasn't trying to deceive anybody. I was conceiving in my spirit what I was believing God for by confessing it with my mouth publicly. So you say, well, then what did you do when you got it? Were you embarrassed? Nope. Were you ashamed? Nope. Well, well, why not? Because I'm not, I don't walk perfectly in this. I'm striving to get there, but I don't walk perfectly in this. It's not God's fault. I know what I'm believing for, but I know my faith is not perfect. But here's the other thing. We know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and those who are the called according to his purpose. I had my wife and I had one mild case of COVID. And then, you know, right after that, that's when I began to say, you know what, Lord, I should really be walking in divine health. I mean, I've known about divine health. I've just never honed in on it and said, you know, Lord, this is what I should be doing. This is the way I should be walking. And don't ask me why I can't explain it. Just, you know, we, we have priorities in life and things that we focus on and things that we don't. And, and I guess maybe when you're, when you're perfectly healthy, as I have been most of my life, um, you just kind of take it for granted, right? 
You do. You just got well. And praise God, I come from good stock. My great-grandfather was fathering children in his 70s. Uh, my father lived to his late 80s, was healthy most of that period of time. And my father smoked all his life and was still healthy, didn't die of cancer. Um, so I, I come from, my, and my mother's in her 90s, and she's still alive. So I come from very healthy stock. You just, some things, you know, you just, you don't intend to, you just kind of take it for granted. But then when I caught COVID, I said, well, Lord, you know, I should really be walking in divine health anyway. I should be walking immune from all this stuff because I'm a child of God. And this is what your covenant promises me. And I, I Lord, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to really get down into that in a very, very serious way. And start praying about that and believing God for that. Now, we've had people, I've seen people. No people, two vaccinations, so-called vaccinations, two boosters. Uh, the president was this other thing, Paxlovid or whatever it is, and they still get it. My wife and I have been perfectly healthy since we had it, and we had mild cases of it. We, we didn't have any breathing problems. We didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have a cough. I, my, my symptoms boil down to two things, a fever and fatigue. That was it, a fever and fatigue. Maybe a little muscle achiness, but I didn't even lose my appetite or lose my taste. There was one thing I would eat that tasted a little bit differently than others, but my appetite never diminished. I was hungry just like I was and food tasted just fine. Now here now, I'm bragging on me, okay? Don't get that impression. I'm saying my, I, I believe that my confession was still efficacious because I was confessing against that thing. And when it finally managed to get in on my body, it, it could not wreak the havoc it might have otherwise wreaked. You know, there are people who don't believe in healing, but I tell them, you know, well, it's, you're too late for me because I've experienced it. I mean, I've talked talk, talk to you about the tumor I had. That thing was divinely and miraculously healed and has never come back. That's been a decade. Don't tell me God doesn't heal. He heals. But I'll tell you one thing about that story that I've told. My healing didn't come until I doubled down on faith and took authority over that thing and claimed my right as a child of God in the name of Jesus to walk free of that disease. And the moment I began to do that, that thing started to shrink and ultimately disappeared. Now, that's the truth. The moment I started to do that, up until that time, I'd been focusing on doctors and hospitals and operations and we, we, we might do this, chemotherapy and all. I mean, all this stuff, because I say this is what, and I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. I believe in the power of God to heal. But see, we Americans are so spoiled because we have so much medical technology at our disposal that that's our sort of our default position. And sometimes we're like that guy, you know, the guy who said, you know, he was having uh, some, uh, they were having some difficulties, a group of people were having some difficulties. And, uh, and one of them said, you know what? I think we better pray. And another guy said, has it gotten that bad? <laughs> you know? Right? 
Only until it gets that bad do we really double down on prayer. Once I, but once I double down, and, that, and so, so, and, 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 and so after my wife and I had COVID, I said, you know what? In the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek to walk in a new level of divine health, um, so that I don't just get healed, which I've experienced complete and total and miraculous healing. But I get, I walk in divine health so I don't get sick. I mean, I'll give you another example right now. It may not seem like a big one to you, but I work out, work out pretty frequently. Um, I used to work out every single day. I don't do it anymore. I, now it's maybe three or four times a week, but three or four times a week. I mean, I, I went out and took a, an hour-long walk last night, a vigorous walk, because I didn't feel like being on exercise machines and all that, and, and I wanted to spend some time in prayer. I said, this is, a, this is a good thing that I can walk and pray. I can walk and pray at the same time. So I spent, in fact, a little bit over an hour walking. So I, I, I exercise. I, I work out. I try to stay in shape. But, you know, I found that that, while it is, the Bible says, bodily exercises of some value, godliness is of value in every way. In every way. So, while we certainly ought to do those things for ourselves that are healthy, certainly drinking, smoking, all that stuff ought to be out. Keeping our weight at, at, a, at a reasonable level. And, and I, I watch my weight very closely. I don't, now, I'm not one of these people, I don't eat ice cream, and I won't eat can sugar, and I won't eat, I'm, I, I like sweets. But I don't overdo it. And I, I ration myself. I discipline myself. So rather than eating 25 cookies, <laughs> you know, I'll eat one because I enjoy it and I want to I want to have the pleasure of eating a cookie. Maybe maybe sometime I'll even go to two. But I know I've got to cut myself off because I know you start that pattern and before you know it, you're 10, 15 pounds heavier three or four months later. So all of that is all of that's helpful. All of that's good. There's nothing wrong with it. We should do that. But our health should ultimately be a matter of our relationship with Almighty God. Now, I was about to tell you a story. I, 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 I hope this has been, you know, sometimes I start these podcasts with an intention of going one way and the Holy Spirit leads me another way and that's what's happened today. But I, I work out and you could probably guess this about me, but I can tend to go a little bit overboard once I jump into something. My father observed this about me when I was a young kid. I didn't even know what he was talking about. He said, boy, that, that, that boy, he doesn't do anything halfway. If he, get, if he gets into it, he's, he's going all the way with it. And it's kind of the way the Lord has wired me. So I'll start working out and I'm feeling good and I'm going to go a little further. And... I had some really serious shoulder problems, need to have physical therapy. Uh, this was many years ago, but I'm, a, I'm an old Marine and, you know, I came up on push-ups. And the doctor said to me, you know, push-ups are really not really good for your shoulders. You, you know, you're, you, you may want to look for another way to, to you know, to, to strengthen your biceps and all that. Push-ups can be very, very difficult on your shoulders. So, okay. 
So I made some adjustments and I came up with something that I thought gave me the same kind of exercise without some of the, the wear and tear on my shoulder muscles. But I messed around and went overboard with that. <laughs> so, and then I tell you what, it hurt. I got to a point I couldn't, I couldn't lift my arm. I couldn't lift my right arm. I couldn't lift it. And I said, now, Lord, this is not right. I'm walking in divine health. I know I probably injured myself, but I'm walking in divine health in the name of Jesus. I need my, I need my arm. And I think about how I gesture when I preach. I was even thinking, Lord, I go to preach. What am I going to say? <laughs> and saints, I'm telling you, I began to lay my hands on my shoulder, bind and rebuke the pain, bind and rebuke whatever was bothering it, command my shoulder to be healed and whole and healthy and well. And I think that was one day I did that. I laid down that night. I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, when I wake up tomorrow morning, my shoulder is going to be perfectly healed and whole and healthy and well. Well, when I woke up the next morning, it was about 70% better. And I said, well, praise God, but Lord, that's not what I'm believing for. I'm believing for absolutely total healing of my shoulder so that it is not in any way uh, uh, restricted in my movement. I can do whatever I want to do, however I want to do it. And I began to pray and lay hands on it. And the following day I woke up, didn't even think about it. And later on realized, oh, wow, my shoulder is perfectly, it, it, it is perfectly healed, perfectly whole, perfectly well. It's too late for me to try to convince me that God doesn't heal. But again, I want to say to you that there is a place beyond healing, which is not getting sick in the first place. And that's what I'm seeking to walk in. And you know, the first thing that came to mind when that happened, oh, well, wow, am I going to have to go through physical therapy? And I caught myself. I said, wait a minute, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going through all that. I'm a child of God. And God, God's healed me. He, Jesus already paid the price for my healing. I'm not going through any weeks of physical therapy to get my shoulder so it moves again. So what could have been weeks of physical therapy became a couple days of concentrating and prayer on that area of my body and boom, right back to normal. I've been working out the last, in fact, I had to take, I, I, I couldn't work out at that time because my shoulder would, I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't work. I wanted to get healed. I wanted to further injure myself. It wouldn't work. But two or three days later, I was right back to working out. Now here again, folks, I'm not bragging on E.W. Jackson, okay? So please get that straight. I am bragging on Almighty God. I am bragging on my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, if you want to make your boast, make your boast in the Lord. I am boasting in Him because He loves you just as much as He loves me. And He'll do for you exactly what He'll do for me. But you got to believe him for it now. It's not automatic. you got to believe him for it. Well, here again, I didn't expect to talk about healing for 30 minutes, but that's what's happened. So somebody needed to hear this, and I trust that it has blessed you. Look, I love you. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me as well. And thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. God bless you. Remember, you cannot be defeated if you will not quit because you and I, on God's side.